0: The sacred writings of the Baha'i Faith teach that music is a ladder for the soul. My name is Jack Gordon, host of Interfaith-ish, and on this ongoing series of conversations that I'm calling Soul Ladder Music, I invite you to climb with me as we hear songs and stories from a diverse array of musicians who connect sound and spirit. Naila Porter started singing as a child in black churches in her native North Carolina, and draws from those spiritual roots to inform her musical style. As an adult, she became an attorney who lobbied Congress for public safety-related legislation, and she brings those principles of equity and belonging to the themes she sings about. I've had the privilege to meet Naila through my beloved wife, Ruth, and their writing community in Los Angeles, and I'm grateful to be able to have shared this time to learn more about Naila's spiritual journey and the music that inspired her. Don't know what to
1: say These days So I'm listening Yeah, I'm listening for A way To make this world better for my children Don't know what to think These days So I'm thinking about what Mama said. When you've done all you can, stop your worrying, child. Put it in God's hands and pray.
0: Well, I'll I'll say that I'm I'm happy and honored to be uh, speaking with a person who, my dear wife said to me this morning, is her favorite musician in the world,
2: and she's my <laughs> favorite poet.
0: <laughs>
3: she uh, absolutely Nyla, is.
0: Your your music is is in our house often. I hear your voice in our house often, and I've been able to have the gift of. Um, Seeing you hear you sing live a couple of times, and it's I I can say that it's it is always a deeply spiritual experience. So I appreciate you you taking the time to talk to me today.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about this, a little nervous, but (laughs) definitely excited. Yeah.
0: Great, great, great. So um tell me tell me a little bit about how it is that you connect with the spirit in your life. Did you did you um grow up with a particular tradition in your household? Do you have a practice today?
2: I was raised in a Methodist church, uh CME as a matter of fact, Saint okay. John CME. And um Methodists are very reserved. And stoic uh-huh. and, and proud. Um, some would say bougie, <laughs> <laughs> um, because of the way that we worshiped. Mm. But I was always, you know, as a child, drawn to music. And so I sang in the choir, but also when I discovered Pentecostal. Honey, it was a whole other.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was it attractive to you?
2: Absolutely. But because of the music, though, the other stuff I didn't really yes. care about. It was okay. just,
0: just the, the music. music. Yeah. yeah,
2: the way that they um, praised and worshiped you know, hmm. musically. So Baptist, Pentecostal, I would go around to different churches and, um, you know, just for the music, but definitely raised as a Methodist. And so today, you asked about my practice today, um, tends to be more on the um, spiritual side. Yes. And um, rather than needing a a middleman, so to speak, um, I just sit and go directly to the source um, through uh, meditation, prayer, prayer. Music is my religion, basically, um, and my ancestors.
0: What was the spirit calling you to do in terms of your own uh, way to maintain connection? You said music is your religion. So how did that yeah. manifest itself?
2: <laughs> well, um, Gil Scott Heron became my god.
3: <laughs> wow.
0: That's a strong statement. Oh my yeah, goodness! Yeah,
2: and you know the the music of Gil Scott Heron and and Nina Simone mm. and um, some others, Abby Lincoln, that have really been um, guides yeah. in my life, um, guided me, as as well as you know when I moved, for instance, to Washington D.C. to um, practice law, I um, attended. Um a church there and and tried to do the choir thing, did that for a while. Um in Philly did the same thing. Uh, but I just found myself questioning everything and hmm. and, you know, it's Gil Scott Heron's fault because <laughs> <laughs> really, I kid you not. it really is. um, the summer before. The summer between undergraduate and law school, a good friend of mine, Cheryl Jackson, who's also an attorney, we were, um, she was already a, a 1L in law school. She had finished her first year, but we spent this that summer in her basement and she's the youngest of nine children. So she had mm. all of her brother's vinyl, right? And so this one summer, we sat and listened to every Gil Scott Heron and Brian Jackson record, and we picked apart mm. um, the lyrics. And some other folks as well, like the Max Roach and Abby Lincoln, um, right. Freedom Now Suite. You know, and, right. and, but because we were Southerners, and you know of course raised with civil rights and you know the greensboro four happened right there in greensboro and i went mm-hmm. to undergraduate in unc greensboro and okay. family went to A&T. so know that woolworths like the back of my hand wow. um but we were raised that, you know, you in the South, you go along to get along because it's dangerous to do mm. anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, Not only to you, but you're putting your family's life in danger and your community's life in danger. And you could just disrupt everything. And so we were groomed to not disrupt, but to just understand how to navigate that system and survive. But. Um, Gil Scott Heron changed all of that for me. And so from that point on, I was questioning everything. And so religion, as I was taught, um, didn't work for me anymore. Mm -hmm. And particularly in the context of being, um, uh, you know, Black in America and, and a Black woman, it just you know, that the way that I had been taught to worship Jesus and um that whole dynamic didn't work for me. It didn't serve me. And I was probably getting into a lot of trouble um just pushing. Pushing. You know? mm. Yeah. So coming to LA, um I, I even tried the church here, but was still like, mm, that just mm no and um found you know stumbled upon agape and that really resonated with me mm. and um because it it cut the middleman out so to speak um and so a lot of the teachings Really resonated with me, and the music, the music of Ricky Byers, just again, it it was I love the message, but it was the music.
0: Right. so
2: yeah, can you exp- to-
0: can you explain a little bit for for folks who don't know what what is agape and and sort of how does that community come together?
2: Um, the community focuses on science of mind. um and so rather than, um, focusing on you know Jesus or or Buddha or Muhammad, it's it's almost as if it's like saying everybody's right as long as everybody's talking about love, mm. you know, and and community and understanding that um, you know God is in everyone and everything, and that means that everyone and everything should be honored and respected. And you're you know, there's only one of us in the room, so you're meeting yourself everywhere. And wow. um focusing on you know the honoring of life itself and um how it doesn't have to be a a life focused on begging, you know, a god in the sky, as we've been taught to you know, look down and help us out. Um, It's about looking within
3: Mm.
2: and um, understanding that if what they say is true in terms of we are made in the image and likeness of God, then God looks like all of us. God is all of us. And so we can turn within and to each other um, to make sure that the honoring continues, and the and understanding that the the source is there, so the resources are there.
1: Trouble. be found might get weary from so much to do that's why I'm learning to breathe in wind of creativity breathe out what's no longer serving me time
0: breathe is a song that that i've heard it so many times <laughs> and and i think it's such a beautiful reminder you know a guide it really is sort of as as you're as you're saying this this fairly simple message you know but it's one that it can be easily forgotten for us to just to to breathe in love and creativity to breathe out doubt and negativity that that's it seems very simple and yet we Mm -hmm. we constantly need to be reminded of it sometimes a hundred times a day right absolutely i'm always interested about a a song like this if if was it it was it written to oneself or directed to someone in particular because of something that you were encountering Mm -hmm. you were hearing from someone else
2: that's a great question It was written to myself.
3: Mm.
2: Uh, It woke me up at like three in the morning, which Mm. is normally my magic hour, you know, when when spirit taps me and it's like, okay, get up and sit down and play this or or write this. But I was going through um, some challenges um, with my... um, home life and relationship and um, and just trying to hang on and figure it all out. And uh, sometimes you you don't even know that um, you know there's shallow breathing happening. Mm. And um, for me, looking back, I've done that most of my life. Until I um, learned the practice of deep breathing and the necessity Mm. of it, and so that song um, was definitely a reminder for me to, um, you know, breathe. Musicians always say, you know, play through the changes, play through the play through the changes, and for me, that song is is a reminder to breathe through the changes because. Life can be challenging
3: mm. Mm. to
2: get through. Yeah
0: it feels like it's almost in conversation with the Abby Lincoln song that you picked uh, Throw it Away because there's also that that theme of detachment, you know from from these things that are that are keeping us uh, weighted down, right? Does it feel like there's a direct connection with, with in that relationship with, with the music that you do and, and with Abby?
2: Well, first, let me applaud you on your interview skills. That's just <laughs> a
0: joke. <dope. laughs> like, okay, I've, okay, I've been doing this a couple of years. <laughs> but thank you.
2: I'm like, okay, you got a sister really... Um... Wow. I'm going to have to say, first of all, I'm going to say thank you for um, connecting those dots Mm. that I didn't even realize were present. Um, But I would have to say yes, because um, in order to um, survive, what what I saw and what I learned um growing up in the South, um, and and you know, still applies. But you have to detach because if you stay if it's let me back up, you know it's forever present. Right. Mm -hmm. And when I say it's forever present, what I'm referring to in terms of it's and and growing up in the South specifically, um, racism, like the monster is always outside the door. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you find the joy where you can, you celebrate life how you can, but with that understanding that that thing is always lurking. And so there has to be some level of detachment to what is in order to make it through the everydayness of being um, Black in America.
3: Mm.
1: I think about the life I live, a figure made of clay and think about the things I lost, the things I gave away and when in a
4: certain mood, I searched the halls and look.
1: What I found these magic words in a magic
0: book? So, when I think about, you know, Abby Lincoln and, and Max Roach as, as like this this incredible celebrity couple that, that mm-hmm. were at the top of their craft you know so gifted and so also involved with the civil rights movement and and committed to that and thinking about you know how that energy and and fire was there to to help bring about change Mm -hmm. um and then also to think about um how Abby can 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 then create a song like throw it away that that is a beautiful example of rising above you know the circumstances that that they were really on the front lines of in in um in their day mm-hmm. and and I wonder for you also when when you turn to music like like Abby Lincoln's music how does that how does that help you in your as you're, you know, switching sort of the radio dial from from the news of the day to, to a song mm. like that.
3: Mm.
2: There are certain folks that I listen to every day. Mm. Um, every day. And that is Abby Lincoln, Nina Simone, um, normally some Sweet Honey in the Rock. <laughs> um I listen to Ruth Foreman. Um, I listen
0: to her too. <laughs> <laughs> she may think that sometimes I need to do a better job listening, but
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> good to hear that you listen to Ruth Foreman cuz she's very wise. Um but her book um prayers like shoes and um, that one in particular but there's another one as well but that sits on my bedstand mm. my 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 nightstand so it's one of my Bibles um when I need um guidance and I need to be lifted um and I need for my mind to rest. These are the women that I turn to, um, S. Pearl Sharp. Um, I, I, I turn to these women particularly to um, get me through, to get me
4: through. She does not know her beauty. She thinks her brown glory She thinks her brown body has no glory If she could dance naked under palm trees And see her image in the river, she would know Yes, she would know But there are no palm trees in the street No palm trees in the street and dishwater gives back no images. She does not know her beauty. She thinks her brain could dance naked under palm trees and see her image in the river she would know yes she would know But there are no palm trees in the street. No palm trees in the street. And dishwater gives back no image.
0: you picked one of Nina's songs and i i was curious you know just reflecting on some of the stories that you were talking about about the south and and your experiences there you know this 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 poem that is the lyrics of Nina Simone's images is is mm-hmm. really ultimately about self-love or or the lack of of that self-love and i wondered how have you encountered the woman that's described in that song um Reflected in other people, maybe either at times in yourself.
3: Mm. Well,
2: wow that that's a great question. I I that song and and that poem resonates with me in a very um different way. Okay. Um, my grandmother was a domestic. Mm. And she was very beautiful. In fact, her nickname was Little Lena, because she looked like Lena Horn. Wow. Um, but she was a domestic nonetheless. And for folks who may not understand what that means, um, it means that she was um, a maid to a very prominent family um, in my hometown. Mm. And so... You know, that song reminds me of her, mm. but it also reminds me of um, what it means to me personally as a, a black woman and as a darker skinned black woman and um, how I was raised with the understanding that that's not beautiful. It's mm. never considered beautiful and how um One has to do the unlearning of that, you know, over the course of a lifetime. If you can ever unlearn it, because it's shown to you everywhere, you know, you turn, Mm. there is that message. And so there is the constant battle that happens of um, seeing that and understanding what it means. And the message that it's creating internally, that's been right. drilled down internally, and how, you know, uh, I I also have a song called "Beautiful Anyway" that that kind of speaks to that, and so it's like declaring that you're beautiful anyway, regardless of the messages that are being, you know, across the TV and movies and billboards and magazines and messages and school books. And, you know, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. It is literally everywhere and there's no getting away from it. And so the work has to be done on the inside, as well as surrounding oneself with other Black women who see your beauty and who reflect that Mm. back to you and will sit down and tell you that when they see that you're not remembering that yourself and not Mm. connecting with it. And so um, that song and and that poem reminds me of that and also um, reminds me to own my
4: beauty.
1: I'm staying
0: going back and listening to beautiful anyway it struck me that anyway works in both ways in 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 both senses that it's it's anyway in spite of of what like you're saying the prevailing opinion is but it's also an affirmation if we put the pause between any and way that you know the recognizing that beauty in all of us um, and 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 the experience that you're that you're talking about um specifically you know of black women of of whatever shade of whatever hue of whatever yep. of whatever appearance um um from Lena Horne to Nina Simone right yep. um and it it made me it made me also think about how we saw each other recently in in Los Angeles at a gathering celebrating mm-hmm. the uh, the elders of the uh, Anansi Writers Workshop, yes. and I wanted to hear a little bit of, from you about about that community and what it's been like to be part of that circle of writers and artists, as you were as you were saying that circle of women in in a large way.
2: Mm-hmm. I have been a part of um, Anansi Writers Workshop for close to thirty years. Mm. And um, so I sat at the feet of folks who are masters at their craft um your wife included, and um the writing, and the 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 push and the nudging and the coaxing and the um demanding that we be better um and that, Um, we really open ourselves up to what we're doing, you know, the vulnerability of it all and not being afraid of anything. Um, And even when we are afraid how to move through it, those are the lessons that I have learned. And, um, you know, that, that space is my artistic home. And I've always, even though I'm a musician, ironically enough, I've never performed on the jazz side of the world stage where the Annunzi Writers Workshop is located. And so, you know, that space was started by Billy Higgins, most recorded drummer in the history of jazz, and Kamal Daoud, writer from the Watts um, Writers Workshop. But so I've always been with the poets. I've always been with the writers on Wednesday nights, and I would go to the the concerts on Friday and Saturdays and other things. But I've never performed. All of my performances at the world stage as an artist have mm. been on Wednesday nights with the Anansi Writers Workshop, and so with 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 that um, family. You know, they allowed me to sing a cappella, um, as well as bring a band and mm. and or a musician, just one or two. And so, any iteration, any form that I show up in, um, they affirm me and support me and uh, allow me to grow as an artist and um, and help me to hone my craft so that I can take it out to the world. Mm. And and the women there particularly, there's some men too that have also helped to grow me up, Peter J. Harris, um, of course, Kamal Daoud. But the women, S. Pearl Sharp, um, B. Khalid, and uh, Sequoia Mercier, as well as some others, Ruth, um, Jaha, so, so many of the women have always embraced me and helped me to stand um, when I couldn't. Hmm. And uh, they have, you know, helped um, me with my children. When I didn't have children, they saw them before I saw them in terms of knowing (laughs) that it was going to happen when I never believed that it would. Um, But, they affirm me in all areas and in all aspects of my life and, and support. And, and so one of the things that is uh, never really discussed in this industry, I feel is how do you age gracefully in this industry? Mm. Um, Because we know it's youth oriented, but then we see artists who are just older now and, you know, graceful, and their elders, but there are no real books to teach us how to do that. Right. Um, and so you learn by watching. But I love that I can go to these women, um, and have you know, and sit at their feet, and and ask you know the hard questions like how do I how do I do this? Mm. And um, they don't just say, "Well, you just do it, precious." I mean, you know, they do. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also real instruction. And mm. and the thing that I love the most is that for them, it is always about being an artist.
3: Mm.
2: And for the most part, as a woman, your daily... Um, Routine is about being in the service of others at all times. That's how Mm -hmm. we define ourselves, how we support and be there to uplift and nurture others. But rarely getting to put ourselves first, you know, who we are besides just being women and nurturers. And so with them, they're like, you're you're a poet, you know, you're a singer, Mm. you're a songwriter. Be that. Until you take your last breath, hmm. and um, and so I'm grateful for that.
1: Took a trip back home to North like I Had a long sit down with my Uncle Cool Jack. He said, "Child, I ain't seen you since I since I don't know when." He said. Sit on down, baby girl, and tell me how you been So I told him all about my problems And he just stared He said I see you finding out that life here sure ain't fair But I was 45 Oh, I could look a white man in the eye You don't know nothing about no pain up. Baby girl, you better stand up. See, I don't want to hear no foolish talk about you giving up now. When I live my life, bending over backwards, just so you can't stand. Well,
0: your, your, your song, Uncle Kuja. Touches on some similar themes, I think, um, in terms of that sitting at the feet of an elder and talking and learning that wisdom. Um, Is this song autobiographical? Yes. So what was that moment like for you to have this conversation with your uncle? Put us back there.
3: (laughs) That was a hard one.
2: (laughs) That was a hard one. Um, I used to practice law and decided it was time for me to sing. I was sick of being on Capitol Hill. I felt like I had put my time in. And um, I was tired of it. And I just felt like I cannot do another day of this. Mm. I want to sing. And so, you know, quit my job, um, moved west and came out here and was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Don't know how to do it. I have
3: no idea.
2: <laughs> no idea at all. But I figured it was worth, you know, a try. And it was just hard. I couldn't find my tribe. Mm. Um, eventually I did, but still it was just a hard road. Mm. And I was tired of it. And I missed home. I realized how much I missed i um, the East Coast, how much I missed seeing my family and friends. And and so I, I I go home to North Carolina with the plans to move back. And so my Uncle Kujak uh, helped raise me. He's my grandfather's uh, brother. And he and my Aunt Katie, his wife, you know, I'm like, OK, I'm going to make the announcement. So I'm at the house and I say, um, I, I want to move back home. I'm, I'm going to, you know, pack up everything and move back home. And so Aunt Katie, because they're you know, both elders, she's like, oh, baby, that's wonderful. It'd be so good having you home and seeing you all the time. And we've missed you. And so I'm really excited. And Uncle Kujak didn't talk much, but when he did, he meant what he said. And that was the end of it. He looked me dead in my eyes and he said, I was 45 before I could look a white man in the eye. You don't know nothing about no pain. Get back out there and finish what you started.
3: Wow. And
2: I was like, "Uh, yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yes, sir. And, you know, went on and had a conversation about, you know, his experiences, which I've been hearing about, you know, over the years. But you know basically he was saying that we made sure you have everything that you need inside to be able mm. to handle that so mm. get back out there and finish what you started
3: mm.
2: and that's what i did
0: as you talk to younger people who might be you know getting up to the the age that you were when you mm. you know went and visited your uncle um what what do you pass what advice do you pass on to them and um, into that next generation when they mm. are feeling that mm. that hesitancy or or moments of doubt.
3: I, hmm,
2: I tell them that they belong everywhere. Mm. And to take up as much space as they want to. Mm. Um and that it's important um, for them to take up space. And um, to also be aware of what's happening um, around them, be aware of what um, history says about um, the treatment of humanity, particularly um, our communities. and. Um, you know, um, always be mindful that that is always happening, and so yeah. um, have the tools to navigate it. You know, in the past, um I know I was just taught, you know, grind, grind, and um stay faithful, stay hopeful, yeah. um. But I was never taught to rest, and I want to make sure that I pass that information along um, to those that are coming behind us so that they know it's it's not just okay to rest. It is necessary, mm. and um, it is also a way to give a nod to um, our ancestors who couldn't. Mm. And so um, that and, and and finding joy and being committed to joy because um, especially with grind culture and the way things have just been set up, we're not supposed to um, be joyful even though we are celebrating all the time and experiencing experiencing it all the time and creating it for others to even you right. know, find joy in the music and the culture, right. the arts and dance. Um and so I really want, you know, folks that are coming behind us, the youngins as I call them. I really want them to be committed to joy and rest and making sure that they take care of their communities and make sure others are doing the same.
0: You mentioned uh, <laughs> one of the i mean really the great prophets of our country who's Gil Scott-Heron one of these prophetic voices um who had this this beautiful song that you you put on your list winter in america mm-hmm. does it does it feel like it's winter in america to you in this moment i wonder i wonder what resonated with that song in particularly it's it's
2: always felt like that to me. Mm. Um I don't know anything else.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: it, it's interesting. It, it's um like I equate that to when um uh when when Trump was elected and a lot of folks you know seemed really upset about it. Um but for me I'm like but I've only known Trumpism, regardless of who's in office, mm-hmm. at, at, you know, in some variation, that that's all we've known. So even though it may have been shocking to some, um, it, it, it wasn't to me and it wasn't surprising. It was mm-hmm. just the way America is. And so um, for me, it's always been winter in America that song to me really, um, speaks to, um, the condition of, you know, those of us in, in black and Brown and bodies and bodies that are othered, you know, um, bodies that are othered by society, Mm. um, and by the dominant culture. So, I would like to know what it feels like um, to not experience that on a daily basis. But that's mm. that's where I live.
5: Off from the hands welcome to Pilgrim. And to the buffaloes who once rule a plain. Like the vultures circling beneath the dark clouds, looking for the rain. Looking for the rain. Just like the city hair that stagger on the coastline. In a nation I just can't stand much more. I like the forest buried beneath the highway. Never had a chance to grow home, never had a chance to grow home, and now it's winter. Away. Yeah, but people know,
0: people know I can't let you go without hearing um, uh, some of your reflections about this song that seems like it's you know it's a it's a signature song for you which is hands um mm. it's such an incredible song that you know it just i think it gives me it's it's always given me a sense of calm since the first time i heard it in a way that's mm. you know unique to really only a handful of special pieces of music and i wonder if you could share a little bit of the story behind behind that song and and what you were going through or or, or what how that mm. came into being.
2: Mm. That um that song uh, came to me while I was sitting in the bed with both of my babies. They were really young. Macy was an arm baby, and so his son must have been about three or four. Mm. And, um, I'm an only child, and my mom passed away um when his son, uh my son was one and um, and my mom pretty much is was an only child. she has some half sisters, but they lived in Philadelphia, and she wasn't raised with anyone and so I had this thing that washed over me, this, this grief, um, because I realized in that moment, looking at my babies, that there was only me to let them know, you know, our history. Like there's no one else Mm -hmm. to turn to that they could turn to, to talk about who we come from. And so I was that bridge and it felt like such, um, a hard and daunting responsibility because I was like, what if I don't remember everything and everybody? Mm. How are they going to know who they came from and who these folks were and how they're the continuous? How am I going to do all of this? And um, in that moment, that song came to me. Put it in God's hands is what my mama used to say all the time, and her mama, and um, I'm sure probably her mama's mama's mama, but um, but especially my mama used to say that, and my grandmama, and um, my great aunt Adele, and and so when I heard that, and I heard her voice saying that, then the lyrics just poured out, and I just grabbed my guitar, and there was the song.
3: Mm-hmm. Wow.
2: And so at the end of that song, when we finally, you know, got to record it, the kids are older. Um and hmm, at the end of the song when we're singing Pray for Peace, that's Isan and Macy helping with the background vocals. And oh, I felt beautiful. like that beautiful. would be thank you. I felt like that would be um, that's the the closing of the circle so to speak mm-hmm. that it's a song that was downloaded you know from the memory of my mother and me hearing her voice and what she used to share with me and then you know them being old enough to come in the studio and sing those um, lyrics as the background vocals Don't
1: to do these days, so I'm being still. Yeah, I heard somewhere love conquers all. I gotta believe cuz I don't.
0: The name of this series that we're doing, Soul Ladder Music, it it takes its inspiration from this quote from the Baha'i writings that says, music can be a ladder for the soul. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, to just uh, see what, for mm-hmm. you, what that image of of music being that ladder for our souls, how does that strike you? What comes to mind with that idea?
3: Mm. Wow, well, for me, um,
2: as a musician, it's one and the same mm. uh, and and just, you know, uh, the power of music and and how it sustains me and how, um, that's how I breathe. That is when I feel one hundred percent connected to the divine. Everything else for me is trying it out, or you know, hoping I'm okay, or you know, there's all this doubt. And and but when I'm in a space of music, I am whatever nth degree, thousandth degree, whatever number you can imagine. But of of absoluteness
3: mm.
2: connected to the divine. And um so music is a way um for the soul to express. And so if if we look at it as a, a ladder, um it's a way to bring it up and out, you know, a way to express that. And and for me it's a ladder to freedom. Because I always go back to you know the the purpose for this for me is liberation, um, and 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 freedom. And nothing makes me feel freer and more liberated than music when I'm hearing it. But more importantly, when I'm in the moment with other musicians creating it, that's when, you know, going back to Nina when she said, "Freedom is no fear." And that's when I feel I have no fears about being in this body or Mm -hmm. if anything's going to happen to me when I step outside my house or all these other things that I live with on a daily basis, just being in this body. Um, None of that is anywhere around um, when I'm doing music, except for the fact that what we bring Um, based upon our culture and how that collective story and experience of being um, dehumanized and oppressed and what that brings up and how we're able to move beyond that Mm. is the most beautiful thing to me um, that I could ever experience. And I'm so grateful to be a musician. I'm so grateful.
0: Thanks for making the climb with me this week on Soul Ladder Music. To learn more about Naila Porter's work, visit nailaporter.com. As always, I'll have links to all the songs in this episode in our show notes. And check out the Soul Ladder Music playlist on Spotify for a running list of all the music played during this series, thanks to Jeff Philosopher for providing our theme music, and to our associate producer Aiden Keys. Keep tuning in to WOWD 94.3 FM Tacoma Radio for great music and programs seven days a week. Streaming online at
3: tacomaradio.org.